0: Hey, Explorers, I'm Estrea. And I'm Justine, your social agent navigators here to guide you through the crazy world of social media in real estate. Whoa,
1: hold on, y'all. Before you become part of the 30% of agents who will quit in 2023, you need to listen to this episode. So let's talk about the hard truth behind it all. So there's been a lot of stuff happening in the market. We all know there's been a slowing and transitioning now that the Fed has been increasing the interest rates. It's not been fun and games, and it's gotten a lot harder. So the current state of the market slowing down at a rapid rate has impacted all of us agents. Statistics and analysts have um, identified that 30% of agents are going to quit in 2023. Crazy, y'all. 30%. That is really crazy. Yeah. And then 60% that are going to survive, they are going to struggle. They are going to be on the major struggle bus, questioning themselves day in and day out. Is this the right career for them? So that's huge because that's more than half of the agents. So that's kind of like scary for me because I want you all to succeed. And the fact that 60% of y'all are going to str- survive but struggle, we don't want that to happen. And finally, 10% of the agents in the market right now are going to dominate the market. So Justine, what are, what should people do if they're part of the 60% right now and they feel like they're struggling?
0: So I think one thing that we need to keep in mind is that this is real estate in general. We all know that what is it 5% of like new agents stay in and people who hopped in in 2020 and 2021 they were able to possibly stay in a lot longer than they normally would because it was a lot i don't want to say it was easy because we all know if you're a real estate agent you're working your butt off it wasn't easy but it was a lot easier even i i started in 20 uh in 21 even my 21, my year of 2021 to 2022 was significantly slower and much harder. Like I got 12 sales my first year of real estate. Yes, I'm amazing. But it was also the market, right? People were buying I, tons of buyers. Um, it was a great time to be a buyer's agent. But that is not always how it goes. And pretty much the norm for real estate in general is like 95% will quit after their first year. So Mm -hmm. If you hung around this long, be super excited that you're here anyway, but also know that it's totally normal to struggle in real estate and quit. So if you're struggling, first of all, know that you're not alone and it is part of this career. It is Mm -hmm. a struggle. Literally more than half of the agents are feeling what you're feeling right now, but are way too afraid to say so. So just know that, like we've mentioned before, Everything you see on social media is often a facade. It is. A, we mm-hmm. put our best faces on. That doesn't mean that we're not struggling. I do encourage you to, not that you want to put your finances out there, but man, if you're, you know, if you're having a rough time like me, I started bartending again. Put that out there. Hey, you know what? I'm dual careering it right now. This is crazy. This market is hard. Don't be afraid to like be real. Your, your clients will love, love you for it. They want to yes. know that you're human. Another thing is, so yes, first of all, just know you're not alone. It's totally normal. It's I do feel it's like totally normal to want to quit. When things aren't mm-hmm. easy, our I was actually just reading about this the other day. Your amygdala in your brain hates uncomfort, right? Yes. So your amygdala, anytime you're about to succeed, this is in the book, the 12 week year. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're about to succeed, your amygdala is gonna be like, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to succeed. So Let's just go back to our comfort zone, and mm-hmm. where I know I can succeed, where I know things are normal. So in real estate, that is happening all the time. Your brain, yeah. because you're uncomfortable, because you don't know what's coming, is telling you, "Quick, quick, 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 quick." And mm-hmm. then you're, there's your prefrontal cortex, which is like your dreamer, right? I've got big dreams. Yeah. I've got aspirations. So you know, you know what I
1: call those? What? My lizard brain and my wizard brain. Ooh, so, your lizard I brain like is like, that. it doesn't know how to like yeah. respond and it's very emotional and it's irrational. But then, your uh, port for whatever your frontal cortex mm-hmm. um, is your wizard brain because that is like your zone of genius. That's where you're like creative and you're feel it's all the feel good part. And so, you're, you're the wizard of your life. Versus the lizard of your life that's just making things chaos.
0: I love that. So I would say just we're all feeling it, okay? If mm-hmm. we are not the dominators in the market, we are all scared. We are all nervous. You are not alone. So yeah, let's just be thankful we have each other, yes. Yes. right? Um, and that and we if you have... don't have a
1: community, like you need you find a community. There's a lot for of really real. great communities for real estate agents.
0: And Asrella and I and our other friend Sarah and a few other friends that we've literally met from across the nation, our own community, and we're friends. So, like, if you mm-hmm. don't have somebody in your own community, reach out on like any of your Facebook groups. Girls with grit is a great one of community. Like, mm-hmm. find a community; it will be super helpful for you.
1: Yeah. Now, I have something. Sorry, I don't mean oh, to, like interrupt, but I was just thinking of something when you were saying that, like quitting. Um, our brokerage so many of you might know both of us are with exp realty our brokerage just rolled out something about being a referral agent so you can reduce your activity right so you've done a lot of, so here's the thing is like you know you don't want to like full on quit so exp offers the opportunity for you to pause in this season of life and we could talk more about that um Good or if point. you want to know more, like you know, hop some questions into the Facebook group and be happy to get more details. But it just made it reminded me of that because that's that's obvi- Like one of the, I mean, one of the options. I know we both sure. have. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah. I and mean, we can talk about that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically you pay less fees. You do agree to stop selling for a while, but you can jump back mm-hmm. on. But any refer, then you become part of this referral network, and you get you know mm-hmm. twenty twenty five percent for all of your referrals, you get into eXp's referrals and then your monthly fees are just like super low. I don't so another thing you can do if you're unable to pay your bills or you don't have a strong cushion in savings is ah, find a job to get you by for a short time. While this sounds awful, I think this is something that is also totally normal for real estate agents. I've met a lot of agents in the past couple of years, and we are always talking about our side gigs and how we keep that money coming in while we are building our business. So mm-hmm. number one, I think we need to normalize that. And I think we've discussed this on a couple of other podcasts that being a dual agent, there is nothing wrong with that, especially in your you know first few years, or I don't care if you're in your fifth year. If you need to do it, but your dream is still to be a real estate agent, then go get yourself a side gig. Go get yourself a full-time gig during this transition period and give yourself time to kind of figure it out and make sure at the same time that you have an exit strategy, right? This is just a season. It is not a lifetime. So Mm -hmm. do what you got to do, but stay in the
1: game. Yeah, and we're expert negotiators, right? As realtors or real estate agents. So negotiate when you are looking for something. Negotiate your hours. Negotiate location, negotiate all of those things so that you can continue to still manage and support your real estate business as you're going through this season. So just remember, it's just a season. Justine's absolutely right. Like she is so good about understanding that balance. So really um, good, good, good tips there, Justine. All right. So it's also a really good time to evaluate your finances. A lot of times, especially as we're making really good money as real estate agents, we spend according to what we make. Or if we are really bad agents and we're not putting money aside for taxes. But you really want to evaluate your finances. And here's what that looks like. The first thing you want to do is classify your expenses. And you want to put all of your expenses into different buckets. Look at all of, you can look at your past bank account, or just all of the bills that you have in general, and bucket them into three buckets. The first one being your necessities. So what do you need to survive? You need food, you need shelter, your house, transportation, and healthcare. So those are the four like big ones of the necessities. So you obviously want to make sure you can eat, you can feed your family, you have a place to live, you can drive to and from work or your closings or whatever that looks like for you. And then you want to make sure to take care of your health. How is it that you can incorporate or continue health care as you're going through this uh, classification of expenses? The next thing, the next category is your nice-to-haves. So these could be things like maybe it's a gym membership that is $150. So some people have really nice gym memberships where they have all of the features or a boutique gym like some of those yoga studios or those CrossFit studios, is that a nice-to-have? Could you transfer that to maybe one of the smaller like $20 a month gyms? Or could you work out at home? Do you have a rec center? So just really start to like categorize some of those nice-to-haves. Other nice-to-haves could be, you know, like I don't want you to give up and just rice and beans, but maybe don't go and eat at a five-star restaurant and have steak and The whole nine or happy hour every weekend, maybe cut it back and identify, you know, those nice to house. Then you have your luxuries. Luxuries are those things like going to the spa every month and getting your nails and your hair and a massage and going and doing all of those things. Um, Massage and some of those things could classify as healthcare. So there's kind of like that fine line, right? But Really, what is a luxury for you? What are some of those things that you could give up? Could you give up going on vacation every quarter and maybe do a vacation once or twice a year? So, really, just start to identify what those classifying all of those expenses when you look at those things. What you will find is when you do that and you move on to the next step of cutting out all of your unnecessary expenses, both personally and professionally. You might be spending money or things that you forgot you were even spending money on. Um, As real estate agents, too, we are sold to just as much as we are selling, right? And a lot of us have subscriptions that we bought because we thought it was going to be really great for our business, but we never actually utilized that tool. Or it was something that maybe didn't live up to its expectations. Cancel it. Cancel all of those things. You'll be surprised how much free money that you could find both in your personal life and your business by really just taking a deep dive into what you're spending money on. So those are the first two things is just classify your expenses, cut out all those unnecessary things. The last thing that you want to do about evaluating your finances is know your numbers, understand what you need. So what is a six-month emergency fund for you? A six-month emergency fund is going to be very different for me than it's going to be for Justine. We live in different markets. We have different lifestyles. I have littles. She has adults. Like all of those things, adult kiddos. Um, So all of those things are going to change what those numbers are. Really just think about based on your necessities and a couple of nice-to-haves, what does that six-month emergency fund look like? The next thing is um, debt reduction. So do you have a lot of debts that are just building up and you're paying the minimum on and if you could pay off any of those bills it would free up an extra 200 600 whatever that might look like really working on paying off that debt i do have a rule of thumb that i've learned that i've learned from um, her first 100k which is a podcast she just released a book called financial feminist but she has this really good philosophy as it relates to debt reduction Put your debts into two buckets. You have debts that are over 7% interest rate and debts that are under 7% interest rate. The reason why she classifies those two things separately is you don't want to stop your investing, right? So over time, the index funds or the stock market, the S&P 500 has performed on average 7% or more rate of return. So could you out, you don't want to take money away from your future For those bills, still, you want to pay them off. But when you're prioritizing those debt numbers, um, it's a different approach than the snowball method where you take the the smallest debt and you kind of roll it into the biggest debt. This way, you're being more financially savvy and not taking away from your future self while still making sure that you're paying down those debts. So I really liked her book. I highly recommend you pick it up or listen to her podcast. Um, And then the last thing is just what is the cost of running your business? What does it cost to be a real estate agent? Do you have annual dues? So you have your minimum things, right? Your MLS, your annual dues, your brokerage fees, all of those types of things. Like, really understand and evaluate too. I think this is a great time to evaluate. Are you with the right brokerage? Like, I had lunch with an agent two weeks ago, and he's with another brokerage, and he is paying $70,000 in fees a year, that paying is insane. his monthly fees to his brokerage. Yeah. And wow. his split was 50-50. He's paying close to $1,000 a month just in the monthly fee. And then he has admin fees. And then he had all, I mean, it was just, once he started nickel and diming, he was like, oh, I'm actually not netting that much. So really just evaluate, like, are you in the right place? It's a perfect time to do that. And if you need help with that, and really just doing some comparisons about like what it would look like for you to like really understanding and knowing your numbers and then comparing it to EXP, for example. Like we definitely would love to be able to walk through and just show you like, even if EXP is not for for you, just to yeah. kind of go through those numbers because it's important for you to understand that. And I'm happy to help you. Justine's happy to help you understand what that's going to look like.
0: I actually just had this conversation with somebody else. It's a brand new agent. And she contacted me because she was interested in EXP. And we just talked about exactly that, the balance of what you need and what you want to pay for a brokerage and what you get back, right? Mm-hmm. So we as real estate agents, we what do we get back from our brokerage? And is it mm-hmm. enough for what we're paying in? So I think no matter what brokerage you're looking for, you really should always be evaluating that. Because mm-hmm. no brokerage is perfect. EXP is not perfect. There is none that are perfect. What you need to find is, is it giving enough back to you, both emotionally, training, financially, you know, you have to look at the big picture. So I love that. Yeah. And yeah. all this talk, it's like cleaning out your closet, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Cleaning
0: your closet and then only putting like the good stuff back in is what yeah. All everything Estrella just said. That's what it sounds like to me.
1: I love that analogy. That's awesome.
0: So you can also, so you want to become part of that 10% that dominates. We all do. We do not think you can do this by doing things the old way. They simply do not work anymore. We need to focus on social media marketing, events, and being the community expert. So a lot of the stuff, I would say almost everything that Estrella and I do, it's all based on that. It's all based on social media marketing that is how word of mouth works nowadays. Word of mouth free. is free. Yeah, it is free and it's through your social media platforms, right? The next thing too, um, events, and I have yet to throw my first event. It is on my list for uh, my first 12-week plan that I'm about to be doing. I will be doing my first event and that's huge too. We all know from anybody who's done events that they end up gaining a lot of clients. And it's not just like, oh, people are happy that you threw a party. You become a leader in your community. People think of mm-hmm. you as more professional when you have the ability to throw these events. So I was even talking to this new agent that I was talking to the other day because I'd heard of launch parties for real estate agents. And she, I was oh. like, oh, man, I wish I would have done that. Because a lot of us are social and we have big families, or we came from a workplace where like the people really know we do a good job. And so even as a new agent, if you do something like throw yourself a real estate agent launch party, maybe have a couple other people there from your brokerage that people can see, okay, not only is she being professional, but she's got these other people from her brokerage that are there to support her. All right, I trust her. I'm going to buy or sell a house with her or him. Sorry. So thinking of stuff like that, I, I think is a big deal. And then, of course, you post that. on on social media, yeah, isn't that a good idea?
1: I, I'm like and, that's brilliant. That's an amazing idea.
0: yeah, and i have so I have a partner that I work with, and we kind of started sharing branding, and I, I've been wanting to do that with her, even though I'm already a real estate agent, since she came on, we kind of want to do like a little launch party together. Mm-hmm. so same thing. it's just it, it I do think it makes you an authority, I guess, in your own community mm-hmm. with your own. People in your sphere with local businesses,
1: mm-hmm. and so. there's ways to do this um, without a lot of money as well. When I first started doing events, I didn't have a big budget, but I care about my community. So you can do things like in your farm, like partner with a a diaper drive. Like the diaper drive is a big thing with diapers being so expensive. So you can post flyers around the community. And that's really inexpensive. You create a flyer in Canva. If you print via Canva, you get really good quality. A lot of times you can get it same day and it's less than $100 most times. And so this is just gonna take your time. So when you're if you don't have time or you don't have money, but you have time, this is a great thing to do. So you give out all of the flyers and people sign up for pickup by scanning a QR code. The beauty of that is, You are now getting people to add to your database because when they sign up for a pickup, they have to give you their name, their phone number, their email address, and their physical address because you have to go pick up the diapers. You have their email address and their phone number to remind them of the pickup and confirm the pickup, and you know their name. So now they're in your database, and you're doing something where your time, you're just picking up those items and dropping them off to a place that does diaper drives or food drives or I found an organization here in Colorado that I really want to work with where they do it's a um, food pantry for pets. And so I want to do a pet food drive where I collect, you know, um, cat food, dog food, fish food, like all of that type of stuff for pets, because that's an everybody loves animals. I love animals like I I go on listing appointments and sometimes spend more time with the dog than I do the future clients, It's another really good, inexpensive way to do a lot of those community events.
0: Yeah. And I would say even if you're throwing a regular event, uh, people need to give you their info in order to go or they need mm-hmm. to give you their info once they're there. Exactly like Estrella said, it's not just to have the event. You're also adding these people into your database consistently and then you're throwing out those newsletters and you're getting your social media out to them. So it's kind of like the circle, the circle of real estate mm-hmm. life, I guess, of how yeah. you're keeping top of mind in your sphere.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. And, and uh, to be part of that 10%, I think we're definitely entering a skills-based market where you can't just throw a house up and it'll sell. Or you can't just get people, a buyer and that's interested in buying and get them under contract. There's a lot more negotiation there's a lot more that goes into the contract. There's a lot more that goes into the process, so it's really a good time to invest in your business and yourself. A lot of personal development and education. Some of the things that you can do is you can hire a coach that help you through that transitioning market. So both Justine and I have not been part of a housing recession market. We came in at a very uh, fruitful time in the market as a real estate agent, so Having a coach for me has helped me tap into other people's experiences that have gone through this transition. They give me language and verbiage and printouts and all of the things to show up like I've been like I, I've been in this market before. So really do some research and find you a coach or a coaching program that can help you will go it, it'll pay off dividends. Um, or even YouTube, right?
0: Like if you can't yeah. afford a coaching pro- like program right now, you need to go on YouTube and you need to be following the current real estate agents. There are a lot of good ones on there with a lot of good free advice. It's mm-hmm. up to you to get out there and use it and then use it in your own business.
1: Yeah. And then in our Facebook group, there's a lot of high performing realtors in there. And so it's a great place to go in and ask questions. Obviously, Justine and I are available to answer those questions in there as well. But social media, marketing, events, or you're struggling with a response on uh, a troll on social social media. Honestly, I love trolls. I think trolls are (laughs) awesome because it equals engagement. Yeah. Because if somebody takes the time to comment, that means they're watching your stuff. They're commenting on your stuff. The algorithm thinks somebody's like engaging. I don't know. I love a troll. But if you need a safe place to vent that is not like, obviously, you can't post certain things on your open Facebook page because clients follow you. And if you want to like have a moment um, that is a professional moment and you're not going to talk smack about other agents, like the space is a good safe place to be able Mm -hmm. to do that and get some good advice. So the next thing that you want to try to do is ensure that all of your systems are in place and organized. Do you have buyer and seller flows? Do you have a system in place that from the moment that a buyer reaches out and says they're interested, you do these following things to move forward? Or you have a seller. Do you have a system in place that is consistently followed, like your marketing plan, your advertising strategy, your communication plan? All of those things are going to be really, really important. Communication being key, because as things are slowing down people need to know what's going on so a mm-hmm. constant communication strategy is key so making sure that you have a system in place to do that the next one is marketing which justine loves marketing she has a degree in marketing so she's really good at this but marketing is important and we were talking on um before we hopped on to record how an organization that she's very passionate about. Um, doesn't really have great marketing and they're starting to become irrelevant and really making sure that they fine-tune, you fine-tune your marketing. Uh, Justine, I don't want to speak for you, but I know you have some really good tips there.
0: Yeah, sure. If social media is the way that you are building your real estate business, you need to be on point. You need to take in all the info you can and you need to keep improving. Like, I can look at my Instagram page from when I first started to now and just see the difference in, I guess, how strong of a brand that I have. Even if you look from my Facebook business page to my personal Facebook page, to my TikTok, to my Instagram, now they all match. I have a very cohesive brand. I have a personality behind it. I think a lot of people take some of the the social media marketing with like a grain of salt and they're like, oh, you know, I'll kind of do it this way. But I'm still going to put like, do it on my own, my own way and not take it, I guess, very seriously. You know, your branding, your branding colors, using the same font, all that stuff. It may seem minuscule, but it makes a huge difference in how people see you. And a lot of times the first time people see you is on the Internet. You need to look professional. And some of those tiny, tiny little details of whether you're using the same colors all the time, whether you're actually staying on the same colors, same font. Same message, same voice. I feel like a lot of people switch it up a lot, which is fine. But like, you really, really want to do this very strong. So if it's not something that you're strong at now, if you want to be that 10%, it's something that you definitely have to work on, get serious about, and take the advice of the people who know what they're doing.
1: Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think is important, too, is to be authentic. Yes. A lot of people, I think it's it's. It's okay to be inspired by someone else or their brand, but be who you are. And we, I mean, that's one of the things Justine and are very, very passionate about is authenticity because people see through that. And the more you're real and authentic and relate to your people, then they're going to want to work with you because they're creating that parasocial relationship with you online. And so if you're one way online and then they meet you in person, and they're like wait i really liked you online but now you're like completely different you're mm-hmm. a totally different vibe you're not my people it might be a strained relationship or they might not trust you as much too so who you are in real life is who you should be online um, with some parameters right like if you curse like a sailor maybe don't curse like a sailor all the time yeah online <laughs> you can throw it out here so, and there but just yeah not all yeah, the time, not all the time. <laughs> i will so say I think that words It Mm -hmm. works, too, because the
0: people that I have that reach out to me from online, I do try to display like my personality. It's why I'm silly on my posts. You know, you'll see me singing or doing imitations of people. My business pictures are also of me in my combat boots and jeans
1: Mm -hmm. and a
0: shirt like I am never going to be that fancy person. I will tell you, I can still sell the crap out of a luxury home, but I'm going to do it in my combat boots and my jeans and a blazer. Mm-hmm. Like I am not going to look all dialed up or I don't want to say like a certain way, but that's not my vibe. My vibe has like jeans and t-shirt girl, throw a blazer on. I got my dog in the back, but people appreciate that. So exactly like Asreya said, be, your, be authentic, Be make that mm-hmm. part of your branding for sure.
1: Yeah. And the next thing you want to do is to make sure that your database is clean and you know who's in there. Um, Before I go into like all of the steps, you do not need a CRM to have a strong database. There are a lot of top performing real estate agents that do it completely off a Google Sheet or an Excel spreadsheet. And sometimes it's easier, I feel like. Sometimes, yeah, it is to manage, yes. Yeah. Um, And you really, the key thing is just understanding like who's in there and why they're in there, right? So classifying with like columns or whatever. And one key tip, if you are using Excel, put it somewhere else that if for some reason your computer crashes, you don't lose it, put it in the cloud somewhere. So that's one of the cool things, the selling features of a Google Sheet is you can access it anywhere. Your computer dies, you just log back into your Google account. But when you're evaluating your database, there's a couple of things that you want to do. You want to rank your people. And I know that sounds really weird, but I like to go in and I have people that I have that constantly refer business or they're constantly sharing my stuff or singing my praises. So those are going to be my A people, even though they might not transact with me every year or even every two or three years, they consistently share my information and champion my brand. When I am doing any kind of marketing that is my elevated marketing, or sending out like my reminder media magazines, my A list gets those things. Because those things cost a little bit more money. But um, I want to continue to stay present. Because if I send them something, they're going to share it. If I love on them, they're going to continue loving on me and loving on my business. So I classify those as like my A. And then I have might be people um, that might be like in my pipeline and maybe they are ready to transact sometime in the next six to 12 months. But I put them in that B because my communication and my touch point strategy is going to be different. So my A's are going to be more consistent and, and frequent. In addition, sorry, I didn't mention my A's also have my current clients in there or people that I'm like actively, like really close to becoming a client. My Bs receive less communication or just receive the generic email campaign that I send out every week. So those people, they are still good clients. You want to love on them, but very differently. They might be in a nurture path. They might be contacted maybe once every two months or once a quarter. Um, So that's just a different category. Now, my C clients are people that have transacted with me or might transact with me at some point. So they're going to be just on a standard nurture. I might reach out to them two, maybe three times a year. They're going to get a birthday message from me, maybe not get a birthday card or some kind of gift, but it really helps me to figure out like when I'm knowing my numbers, my budget, how I'm going to spend my money throughout the year. And then I have my D clients. So my D clients are, they're just there. They're going to get just very generic stuff, but I want to make sure I stay on top of that or touch them. I hate to say touch. It always makes me think of um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know that song? Touch, 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 touch
0: me. Oh, my God. That's such a great song. And yes, I I love love Rocky Horror Picture Show. So I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. So I hate to say that. Every time I say that, I think of that song.
0: (laughs) I'm going to start singing it every
1: time you say it. I know. And going Um, into the dance. Yeah, I know. But it does. Yeah, it's a good thing we're not on video because we are like doing like (laughs) dancing. Yeah. Yeah, and we're recording early in the morning, so I am in my robe and my pajamas still. So that's she looks fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so your D clients, you know, you don't reach out to them as often. That's like how you classify and rank your clients. The other thing is you want to know when was the last time you talked to them? When should you talk to them again? And what should that message look like? Is it an email? Is it a phone call? Should you schedule coffee with them? So that's kind of like just the basic nuts and bolts. There's obviously I can go. I'm a CRM person, so I can go like really deep on that. But Justine, do you have anything to add to that? Like anything that you do differently?
0: I think you touched it. You touched on it pretty well. Okay, uh, awesome. you're the CRM person. I I'm not very organized, guys. That's Estrella. <laughs> 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 Any advice for that? Look towards Estrella because she's she's got all the knowledge for that. I'm just like. You know, Thanks. glad to be around her, so I can soak some of that in.
1: <laughs> and that's why we're both on here because we had balance, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So,
0: what I want to know, Estrella, has there ever been a time that you thought you are na- you could not make it in the real estate game, and if so, how did you end up staying in?
1: So, I never thought I would quit, but there were hard times. One thing for me about me is years ago years, years, years ago, I wanted to be a real estate agent before you know, like, I went into like college and stuff. Like, So real estate's always been something I've been interested about. However, I was listening to other people's voices and telling me that I should go on a different path. So I did traditional business school. So I have a degree in organizational leadership. And then my master's is in um, information systems. So I did that Despite, so I didn't follow my passion. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm in my 40s or closer to the 40s, or no, I'm in my 40s. When I say closer, I'm 42, <laughs> y'all. Um, but I am really trying to focus more on my passions and focus on myself while also still giving to my family, which means I need to pay my bills, right? And so I never wanted to quit because I love being a real estate agent. I'm so happy in this space. I love helping clients. It allows me to tap into my creative side and my technical side. Like, it lets me be me. It doesn't put boundaries on me or anything like a a traditional job. However, I do still need to pay bills. So I have, um, I was dual career for a very long time. And I was in corporate America and I was a leader and managing big teams. Um, And then I was laid off, which allowed me to be a full-time real estate agent. Happened a little bit faster than I had hoped. So the savings wasn't exactly where I wanted it to be. And so I am actually taking a contract position for a couple months as we are in this slow season right now. So it's not a leadership position. And so in the beginning of the call, that's where I think the negotiation piece really goes a long way because Mm -hmm. I could have taken this bad opportunity like at, at its face. They were offering, and it's, it's honestly like pay that I just really can't pass up. Um, and I could have said, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll take it. I'll do this and that. But I really took the time to understand what the expected outcomes were gonna be and realized based on that, they are paying for a 40 hour a week resource that I can do in 20, um, just because of my year's experience. So I negotiated the 40 hour pay with flexibility and working from home where I'm only gonna be working the 20 or maybe 30 on some weeks. But that way it doesn't limit my ability to serve my clients, to give back to this community through this podcast, like I do, because it is hard and it is scary. And honestly, as I was going through that, there was a little bit of my negative self-talk where I felt like a failure. Mm -hmm. Because I felt like I made a big to do about quitting corporate America, and I'm going to be this amazing real estate agent and all of this stuff. And then now I'm taking on this contract job that's in corporate America. And so it was a little bit of like soul searching and just understanding that this is just a season and I am still going to serve my clients. I did it while I was a dual agent. Mm -hmm. Like when I was dual career, there was one month and I was telling Justine this, I one month I had eight closings while I was dual dual career. I don't know how I did it, but I did it. And all eight client, or really it was four clients because it was buy sell, but they were none of them felt like I didn't serve. Now, did I sleep well that month? No. Did I learn I need to leverage? Yeah. And that's the other thing that Justine and I were talking about. If I'm doing this, I need to start to leverage like a transaction coordinator. But so to answer your question, I know that was a really long response. I never felt like I wanted to quit. I did feel discouraged and scared. So it's a very natural thing. I felt like I was part of the 60%. I know that by following the things that we preach on this podcast and to each other and learning all of the things by investing in myself through coaching and YouTube channels and books that I can be the top 10%. Like Mm -hmm. I 100% believe that I can because I come from a place of service and value for my clients. And I'm not just looking at them like they have dollar signs over their head. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yeah. So Justine, have there been times that you didn't think you might stay in the real estate game?
0: I think I'm like you. I don't think I've ever really thought I was going to quit. I'm the type of person where I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that generally, when I start something like I want to make that goal. My mom even always tells me like, how proud she is of me, because she's like, Justine, when you put your mind to something like you always do it, you always do it no matter what it is. That doesn't mean I won't pivot later, even with teaching, I thought I was going to teach the rest of my life. And I didn't I pivoted, you know, but I did accomplish the goal of being a great teacher. So when I started real estate, I knew it was going to be crazy hard. I knew all the stats. And then when I started listening to people's stories, everybody, there's even some like little, not poems, but you know, little sayings. I forget what they are about like your first year, second year, third year. Estrella, do you know any of them?
1: Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I I
0: wish I remembered the one. But basically, people say, once you get through that third year, like you're golden, you know, you're going to have that's when the referrals really start to come in. That's when your names come out there if you're doing things right, like you obviously just can't sit around and do nothing. But if you're doing things right, if you're staying in the game, like I genuinely believe that a big part of being successful in real estate is like trudging your way through those first three years and not, I was like, literally, if you can just not quit and keep going for three years, anybody's can be good to go. So that's kind of what I've always just said in my head. I do have a couple. Of friends who I work with who are also new agents, and they will be like, We need to have coffee because I want to quit again. And I need you to like talk to me. And I think that the reason that they feel like that is because they feel if they're not getting enough clients that they're failing, Mm -hmm. but they're doing the actions. They may be doing them in a different way or their own way, but I'm like, You are not failing. And so my question is, Well, do you like it? If their answer is yes, do you want to succeed? If this isn't for you, do not stay. Like, don't do this just because you don't want to fail at it, right? If -hmm. you want to be a real estate agent because this is what you want for your life, you just need to stick out. So that's what I say to myself. I do get discouraged. Like you, I get scared. I am bartending right now. I'm bartending four days a week. And for anybody who is in the service industry, that means, you know what that means. I am up till 3 or 4 a.m., My schedule is crazy busy. It is exhausting. I'm literally running back and forth for eight to nine hour shifts. It's been crazy. But I know, again, it is a season. The people that I work for know and love me and have really accepted, like, we know your real estate career comes first. We know there's going to be shifts where you may have to work less less hours. And I'm really lucky to have that sense of community also in my dual career, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess my advice to anybody would just be... Just keep asking, do I want this? And if you do, just don't quit. You'll get there. It's going to be a shit show, right? Sometimes. Mm -hmm. But just hang in there and keep doing what you're doing or get into some coaching. Do some challenges. Even, you know, Krista Mayshore, Girls with Grit. uh, There's a few other ones that have some really cheap challenges that can really get you moving. Do some of those. Mm -hmm put 50 Mm -hmm. bucks into it just to stay on your game. But my advice would just be make it those three years and keep doing what you're doing. Don't quit.
1: Yes, 100%. I love that. I love, love, love that. Like you're really speaking to me and I think to a lot of people that are listening because that is so powerful. And you doing that with your bartending job, again, you set an expectation that this is your season. You're going to commit Mm -hmm. and do well while you're there, but this is just your season. And you, you know, that real estate is going to be first. So I, and I love that you ask those questions. Do you like it? Right. Yeah. Is this something you really like to do? Because I think that's important. Like we, both of us are multi-passionate entrepreneurs. That's why we do a podcast Mm because we love the community. We love to do this work, Um, but we wouldn't do it if we didn't love it. Yes. being, doing something that you love is so powerful and mm-hmm. really just listening to yourself. And that's like a huge investment in your soul to be able to oh do that. Oh my gosh, it like so that. is. Mm-hmm. And Estrella,
0: like when I started real estate, so my, this is kind of off track, but my entire life, I have always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I get it from my mom. She's do it. She's done mm-hmm. craft shows and always sold random things before there was Facebook, right? Yeah. She was doing craft shows. She was trying to do side businesses. I think part of it is like 80. I think there's so many ADHDers in like real estate. We just kind of end up in like sales job and leadership roles <laughs> because we always have ideas like spinning, spinning, spinning. But my whole life during my other careers, I always wanted to own my own business. So when I was bartending, I tried to start like a makeup YouTube channel. I always just had like big dreams. When I was teaching, I wanted to start a teaching YouTube channel. I wanted to have other forms of income that would allow me to make some more income passively, right? But also let me be in charge of my own creativity, my own hours. But I was always doing them while I was following, just like you said, the expectations. Like mm-hmm. I came from a, I lived in poverty my whole life, mm-hmm. Um and, you know, if you're from, from a family who lives in poverty, just making it out is, like, yeah, huge. And you tend to make decisions just based on, like, okay, this is me succeeding because I'm not in poverty because I have this right. job, right? Mm-hmm. But then you realize, okay, well, is this enough? And so with real estate, this was the first time. So when I started, I was like, should I join a team? This is so scary. Like, do I want to join a team? And, like, who's telling me everything to
1: do? Right.
0: And if that's you, fine. I'm 41 years old, you know, so I was what, 39 when I started. And I was like, no, this is for Justine. I am going to do it my way. I'm going to take a leap of faith. I mm-hmm. know I can build my own business and I'm going to do it. It was the, f- and just doing that and being like, and I'm going to succeed without leaning on something, like you said, it really was in my happy place. Like, it, this mm-hmm. is the first. Experience that I've had in my life where I'm building something the way that I want to build it. Yeah. And I don't want to give that up. But if that's mm-hmm. not you and you're like, man, I just want to go back to my admin job, go back. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Exactly. Make sure this is what you want. You want to be happy and don't feel pressured also to stay in if you don't like it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I know I'm going to have those hard seasons and I'm going to want to cry my eyes out and slow years. But you know what? Next year, I'm going to do better. And the next year, I'm going to do better. And the next year, I'm going to do better. And then five years down the road, we're all gonna be killing it, right? Mm-hmm. We're all gonna we be are. 10 percenters. So mm-hmm.
1: for sure. That was my tangent. No, that's amazing. So what are their action items for this week? I think we we went deep this week, which I love. Um, yeah. and we had some really good tips to kind of be a 10 percenter and get through.
0: Yes. So I'm gonna have to take note of these as well, because this is not my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is supposed to be on my My yearly plan. So, classify your expenses and cut out unnecessary spending. So, that's your little action for the week.
1: Yes. Now, your big action, it's just going to take a little bit of time. And I want you to take the time to do this because it's important. So, I want you to make a list of all of the skills that you need to master for your business. If that's YouTube or social media or lead generation, whatever it is, like make a list of all the things you wish you were better at or want to learn. And then create a plan to obtain those skills. And this is going to require you identifying like budget, also identifying like where you might want to invest. Time management right now. Exactly. Time management. YouTube is free, TikTok is free. Really just like research all of that stuff. You will start to find, I actually kind of like it that way because you find a community or a coach that's posting a lot of stuff that you resonate with, you will want to join their coaching program because you're getting so much value from their free stuff. And so it's a good way for you to kind of try it out before you buy. And then you can kind of identify if you don't have the budget now, you can create a plan for like, okay, that's on my wish list. And as I create my my spending plan, I'm going to put aside $20 or $50 from every paycheck or (laughs) from every paycheck or every closing. So I think that'll be... We will drop a
0: list of... Let's drop a list of YouTubers to follow. Some free YouTubers to follow.
1: We'll drop that in the the FBG. Yes. So we'll do that, the list of... And some TikTokers too. Because there's some people that are on TikTok that are not on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. So we'll post those in there. So y'all, like this has been a really good episode. Really good stuff. I am like, I need to reevaluate a lot of these things too. As too. step into this new season. Um, So may your posts have a journey of a lifetime. See you at the next destination. Bye.